welcome to The Insatiable Appetite. It's a podcast for people who are in the serious business of food, making it, marketing it, selling it, serving it, and of course, eating it too. I'm Melissa Abbott, the Vice President of Hartman Retainer Services, and I'm joined by my colleague and senior consultant on Hartman Retainer Services, Alyssa Chevalier. Welcome, Alyssa. Hi. Well, today, Alyssa and I are really excited to talk to, uh, just basically have a conversation about what's happening um, regarding the current climate change summit that is underway in Glasgow, Scotland. You know, there's that ambitious goal to decarbonize the world by 2050. And with so much at stake, Alyssa and I wanted to really ground the conversation a bit by exploring how consumers today are thinking about the reduction of carbon. So it's great to be here with uh, Alyssa, sit down and talk about how consumers' understanding of carbon reduction really intersects with the definition of sustainability in many ways today. Yeah, it's great to be here to talk about these issues uh, in light of the historic summit, but also in light of the sustainability study we just released. And we know that consumers are thinking about these issues, so it'll be so interesting to watch this month uh, to see how the topics discussed in Glasgow align with what we've been hearing from consumers. Yeah, exactly. And what's really exciting, too, is that you were a lead researcher on our newly released sustainability study that just came out, a fantastic study. So it's even more exciting to get a deeper insight into some of the nuances that you have gleaned. And, you know, let's just telescope out a little bit. So how, Alyssa, are consumers even defining sustainability today? Yeah, so we've seen some interesting changes as we've been tracking this. So compared to 2013, uh, consumers are increasingly assigning meanings to the term sustainability that touch on different environmental issues. So we see both pretty general things like environmental friendliness, as well as much more specific ideas like reducing the carbon footprint or eating less meat. Um, and on the other hand, we've seen those really literal interpretations, like the ability to last over time, dropping away very sharply. So we've seen how strongly this term sustainability is now really closely tied to these types of environmental ideas. Yeah, it's really becoming so much more expansive. And one type of claim becoming increasingly widespread is those promising carbon neutrality. And we're finding that the term neutrality, it might not even be sufficient in the eyes of consumers, uh, regardless of the fact that it's showing up on all kinds of packages and messaging campaigns these days. And so some companies, they are actually responding with new claims that are in a lot of ways, they're helping to contextualize the concept you know, of reducing carbon or drawing down carbon. So thinking about our recent sustainability report, you know, Alyssa, what do consumers feel that some of the carbon claims companies are making these days reflect in some, do you, do they think they maybe reflect an element of greenwashing? Yeah, so um, we see some interesting things happening here. We see a lot of inconsistencies across the ways that companies are communicating this. Some are saying, okay, we're going to become carbon negative, which is, of course, 
technically the correct way of, of speaking about this, whereas others are talking about uh, becoming carbon positive, which I think is, is less correct from a technical standpoint, but is more friendly, more approachable to consumers. Um, so in that way, things are a little bit confusing. Uh, but we do what's kind of underlying all of this is this effort by companies to go beyond neutrality. It's more than just um, counteracting their emissions. It's actually trying to uh, make things a little bit better. And this aligns in a lot of ways with the growth we've been seeing in interest in regenerative agriculture, because that also takes this idea of taking steps to make the environment better rather than just preventing further harm. Um, and of course, those ideas are tied together in other ways, like uh, sequestering carbon in the soil as well. Um, but anyways, consumers are likely to appreciate the sentiment behind these claims, but we do worry a little bit about the contradictory phrasing um, and the kind of, it is all very kind of technical sounding to consumers, which can create a barrier for understanding to some consumers. Um, and that just further muddles the water, muddies the waters on an already complex subject. Yeah, it is pretty complicated uh, in terms of a conversation in the understanding of it, even for us to understand it, those of us in the industry and this idea of drawing down carbon, carbon negative, as you mentioned, carbon positive, not necessarily being technical, but makes consumers in some ways feel better because it's like positive, right? <laughs> um, so this idea of the complicated uh, surrounding issues, you know, consumers are really expecting companies, though, to be more transparent, not just about these carbon initiatives, but what we have been hearing from consumers is that they really want to know what companies are doing, right, what they're doing, not so much about, you know, we're going to be carbon neutral or, you know, whatever the term that they choose to use by 2050, for example, you know, that's great uh, is from what we are hearing from consumers uh, however they want to know what those what the progress is that they're making along the way they want to know about the setbacks along the way that companies are facing it's an interesting time too because there is so much unknown uh, and so that's where the consumer is like let let us know like where you're having challenges so we can trust you essentially and mm -hmm. ground that conversation um, of carbon into literally, you know, like the ground as well. <laughs> so we, you know, we have found, uh, and you certainly know a lot about this, is that we found that certifications can help consumers navigate a lot of these complexities when shopping. And with that, it's pretty compelling um, that of the 39% of consumers who claim to know something about the certified carbon label, 68% say it makes them more likely to actually buy a product. I found that to be very fascinating. Yeah, and that two thirds or so also includes 29% who say that it, that certification makes them much more likely to buy a product. So it does have um, quite a significant impact on those consumers, at least those consumers who know about it. Um, and what's, what's really interesting here is that trust in companies often really does depend on these types of external verifications of claims and practices. So 
non-verified carbon neutrality claims are going to increasingly be less likely to be trusted by consumers. Um, but on the other hand, these third-party certifications are really a means that consumers can use to corroborate claims about sustainability and about carbon. Um, on the other hand, of course, there are so many of these certifications out there and sometimes consumers don't really know which ones are from third parties and which ones are maybe not. Um, and that, that does kind of limit the amount of knowledge that the average consumer can have about any given certification. But when they do understand a certification, it does typically increase their purchase likelihood. Um, and more engaged sustainability consumers in particular are more likely to believe what com companies say, but they also are holding them to higher standards. 92% of them are looking for third-party certifications to verify claims that, that are being made on PAC or otherwise. Well, it certainly is clear, right, that claims are a very important part moving forward. It's just how we think about how they're used in that 30 parties, you know, benefit of, uh, you know, having the, the backing of how those claims are being made, what the uh, third party certification is all about. So that's certainly something that will be important for companies to look at moving forward. And, you know, when we think about carbon claims and, you know, go, even going beyond carbon claims, it seems that consumers, particularly as you mentioned, those more engaged, aware, you know, they're they're thinking about sustainability and, and areas, topics around sustainability a little bit more. Well, so these consumers, um, they're resonating with cues, right, that can be perceived as maybe more tangible than a carbon claim on its own, or, you know, if you buy this product, we will plant a tree. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm wondering too, like what you found um, while you were doing the research for the sustainability study, that uh, regenerative agriculture has been you know, a pretty hot topic these days. What role does regenerative play in the conversation of drawing down carbon for consumers? Yeah, so we, I mentioned this a little bit before, but consumer expectations um, and, and hopes around environmental and social responsibility are shifting more towards a sort of proactive approach. So in terms of the environment, as they're seeing these signs of degradation to the environment or other other problem areas uh, more and more visibly, consumers are increasingly not convinced that the idea of sustaining this what this present state uh, is sufficient. They instead really see a growing need for efforts to go beyond sustaining what we have and actually restoring the environment to a better state than it's in now. And so this idea is certainly reflected in the growing interest in this idea of regeneration or regenerative agriculture um, as kind of an alternative or um, an addition to sustainability. So we do see that interest in regenerative agriculture is on the rise, um, but the idea of regenerative agriculture specifically drawing down carbon is probably beyond the understanding of most mainstream consumers in any case. Um, we asked about specific 
areas of this type of agriculture that were of interest to consumers. And we found that it's those big picture ideas that are associated with regenerative, like um, ability to reduce carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, or even the ability to slow climate change. That's the stuff that's really interesting or appealing to consumers. But just like we talked about with the need for claims that are verified, consumers are also going to be increasingly looking for some kind of proof demonstrating the link between these regenerative practices and their actual impact on those bigger picture issues. So that's that's going to be kind of a balancing act. That's a yeah. That's an interesting point that you just made there, and I've been looking at a lot of the over the last few years. You know the amount of products out there in the marketplace that reflect uh, regenerative agriculture claim. You know, certainly the last few years they've been a little bit fewer and far between. Um, and now this last year, uh, as we approach 2022, it's very interesting to see how many more. Uh, products, foods, beverages uh, in the CPG space are claiming regenerative. So what's interesting too is that some of them go to some pretty significant lengths to provide some proof points, right, about what it is that they're doing that um, would qualify as regenerative, knowing at this point now there's not a lot of um, guidelines that would indicate like what to what you need to do to be able to put regenerative unless it's like the regenerative organic seal you know there's not a lot of guidelines yet okay so with that too it's really interesting to see that there have been a lot of products that are just showing up with like grown regeneratively and not a lot of additional information so we would suggest too of course you know to any any companies that would be interested, manufacturers that are uh, engaging with using regeneratively grown ingredients to make sure that you're talking about how it got that way, you know, yeah. <laughs> make sure that there's something, you know, within your messaging that, that would indicate um, what that what that means. And, and that, again, that goes back to that idea of grounding it for the consumer. You know, and yeah. there's another topic, too, when we think about sustainability and the summit going on right now and other ways to draw down carbon essentially it makes me think about upcycling and you know this is something that's uh, seemingly a little bit more of a positive spin on food waste and it does help to inspire a little more confidence in consumers that are seeking brands that go beyond a new carbon neutrality claim have you found that to be the case uh, Alyssa in your in your research yeah so upcycling is is an interesting one it can certainly have um a really strong appeal to consumers provided that the manufacturer um, can really succinctly connect the upcycled ingredients to fewer greenhouse gases but another connection that consumers think should be uh associated with upcycling is a cost savings they, the logic for them is that um, if I'm kind of rescuing a product that would other, otherwise be wasted, that should have the benefit to me of costing less um, because otherwise it was just going to be trash. Um, but that's not always the case. Um, so I think products that are not 
providing a cost benefit to the consumer really need to have some kind of novelty, uh, some kind of um, something really interesting about them, whether that's, you know, the the flavor or or the design of the product itself, or the way that it um, is actually connected to the sustainability claims. Um, and if if not, then consumers are going to ha- have a really hard time seeing the benefit and being willing to pay more for something that that they're thinking of as being rescued. That's that's a really good point. Yeah, I could see how consumers would think that there should be some sort of cost benefit there. And you're right, your comment about the you know product design or a different flavor, something that's a little bit more novel, and even the idea of something that would cue some benefit areas related to you know probiotics or you know maybe the if it's cultured or fermented or something that's being done with that upcycled ingredient uh, to process it in a way that would help to enhance. Um, its benefit areas. I mean, there are a lot of different ways to be able to, um, you know, kind of make make inroads into taking upcycling into something that actually provides an additional value to the mm-hmm. consumer. And I think it's just like this idea of like changing it from, you know, something that was like, uh, you know, unwanted food to upcycled, you know, there, there does have to be additional effort from the manufacturer right in there too. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, as we think about how food companies can best meet consumer demands in this space, it seems really imperative that companies have to talk about and communicate the details of their journey towards carbon neutrality with those tangible cues grounded in how an ingredient came to be. So, you know, speaking of meeting consumer demands, we can expect more retailers, both online brick and mortar, D to C, to really mirror even Amazon. They have this really interesting climate pledge friendly product offering as a way to engage or even restore confidence with consumers. It it seems very interesting to me and I'm curious what your thoughts are on uh, Amazon's climate pledge friendly product offerings. Yeah, it's been really interesting to watch as Amazon is kind of rolling this program out. And I I think a lot of companies are watching and taking notes on what's most effective. And we'll see a lot of innovation coming out of it, um, I I think, and I hope. Uh, And hopefully the world leaders who are speaking this month in Glasgow will also provide some inspiration and some serious calls to action that will push businesses to move forward in meaningful ways on sustainability and on carbon. We know that consumers are ready for it. We know that consumers are specifically wanting companies to take a role in this. Um, so it, it's uh, it's exciting to watch. Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting time. And um, I do look forward, Alyssa, to catching up with you on top, you know, this topic of carbon neutrality, you know, more about sustainability, regenerative agriculture in the coming months. And what's great is that our Q1 study of 2022 will be on organic uh, and beyond. So it'll be exciting to, uh, to come back and talk to you about that one, Alyssa. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Melissa. It's been great to chat with you about this. And I'm also looking forward to more discussion. It's it's such a rich topic area. And in this study, we really uncovered some fascinating insights that I would definitely encourage our listeners uh, who are interested in the topic to, to check out the full study. 
Absolutely. And uh, you can find, our listeners can find uh, more information about uh, the sustainability study that Alyssa and I have been referencing throughout this conversation on our website at hartmangroup.com. So please go check it out, reach out to us, uh, find out more about how to access that report and don't hesitate to uh, connect. We love questions and uh, just kind of talking about all of these topics. So thank you to all our listeners and until next time, have a great one.